0: Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. This has been awesome. Awesome, awesome. There was a couple years back, I uh, did a small study on worship. And the one phrase that we were created to worship, before anything, before we're mothers or fathers or Workers or engineers or ballet dancers, whatever it is that we do, first we were created to worship. And when there's any problem or anything going on, you can always count on worshiping, changing your environment, changing your thoughts, changing what's happening around you. And it brings you back to your identity and you recognize the authority that you have to step into. And that's all you need is worship. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you put worship in us first. Thank you, Lord. Well, good morning, guys. Good morning. We are missing half of our body. There's like, what, three or four ladies that are at a women's retreat. And I think because the ladies are in a women's retreat, the men are at bedside assembly. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) They went to their own retreat. Um, We have the Sanchez's out because Avi is sick. Ugh that's not good. You guys look good, especially after our weekend camping trip. That was awesome, wasn't that? Oh, that was so good. So now we can say that it's going to be our annual. Last week we couldn't say that because we hadn't even had it yet, and it was our first one, but it'll be an annual trip that we'll be doing. Um, it, you know, we had to break some religious, maybe it was more me, I think, had to break some of those religious things. You can't shut down church and go to camping. Because God might not go to the park. I think he's only in churches on Sundays. I don't know. (laughs) Just kidding. But anyway, it was awesome. It was great. Um, The campsite was really cool. It was very shaded, meaning there's a lot of trees. Um, But yeah, it was good. If you weren't there, you were greatly missed. This lady in the front wasn't there. Greatly missed. You should have been there. Next time. We'll get you on the next time. Well, again, good morning. I'd just like to pause to just look at you guys and just wow. Oh, thank you for the background music, Carrie. <laughs> there's this. Um, it reminds me. There's this TikTok video um, of this mom, and she's yelling at. Her, you may have seen it. This mom is yelling at her son. She's yelling at one son, and the other son is in the background playing a ukulele, doing background music. Have you seen that one? <laughs> If I played an instrument, I would have done that with my brothers. But I don't, so. Um, and I'm trying to think, we don't have any announcements. I don't think we have anything coming up. I'm looking at my people. Nope. No. Uh, let's see, what else, what else? Pause the silence. I like the silence. Before, I was afraid of it, so sorry, it's me. It's me, I love the silence. It's a long journey walking up here and I'm just trying to get my, I'm. I'm good, I know, right? but no, no, no. Well, Christopher, can we get him a drum roll, please? I love that there's visitors here and you get to see Chris likes a drum roll. <laughs> it's our inside joke, guys. Let me explain for Chris. I like to make him uncomfortable, especially when there's visitors here. make it to look like he wants a drum roll. We, he also likes his name to be said quite a bit Chris 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 Chris. <laughs> that's not true just a little bit Um, yeah Chris come on up here
1: thanks dear we have enough heresy hunters already (laughs) Uh, how is everybody doing Um, man yeah, so many people out, half our worship team is out, and so you had to endure all oh, my voice, sorry. Um, we do need to pray for Avi, I know you mentioned that, but we need, to, we need to pray for him. It's been a couple of nights in a row now that he's had, uh, one. it was 105 fever, and he's what, two? Three? He's two. Yeah, so we definitely, just as family, we want to lift him up. Um, but as we do that, um, is there any other sickness or ailments or pains, aches you want us to mention? I know, is that, when we lift up Carrie, we'll remember her. Uh, I don't know if you want to see, oh yeah, this lady right here who decided to get in trouble or whatever, I don't know. We'll just, we'll pray for her. Anybody else, any other, anybody in your family that, that's mom. sick or ailing? Your mom? Okay, cool. Um, cool, man. Well, uh, let's just go to the Lord and, and, uh, man, we believe in, uh, the miracle of healing. Um, you know, I don't know so much that it's a miracle as much as it's just a normal way of life for us, uh, because we are the supernatural sons and daughters of the most high King, the creator of all things. And he said, this was just something you would do. Um, I'm not trying to make light of it, so don't throw rocks. I'm just saying it's, it's not supposed to be a surprise to you and I that people get healed. Amen? It should be a normal way of life. Oh, and they're on, actually. Sanchez's are on the uh, the Zoom link. So, hey, guys, we're going uh, to lift up Avi. And uh, so, yeah, let's just go to Lord. Father, we just thank you uh, for this little boy who, uh, who's got some of the best hair in the world, man. This kid has got some amazing head of hair. Uh, and he's... He's just awesome. He's so sweet and gentle. And uh, so, Father, we lift him up to you right now. And we ask you in the name of your son as what you said for us. And we have a full authority and power over sickness. And so we, we claim that right now in Jesus' name. We, we speak to Avi's body to, to correct itself right now by the power of Jesus. Uh, we, we ask that fever to instantly drop or we tell it to. We don't ask it. We tell it to drop in the name of Jesus. Whatever is causing this, Father, uh, we pray that it would be found right now that something would uh, become known to Chris and Anahe, and that in the name of Jesus, right now, that he would be healed instantly so that we can again tell of your goodness and how awesome you are, Father. We thank you so much. We pray for Carrie. We lift up Marilyn to you as she's on the uh, rebounds of her surgery and stuff for Carrie's. We lift up her body to you, Father, in the name of Jesus. And if there was anyone we missed, if anyone's out because of sickness, Lord, we just, we just cover them right now with our prayer as our family in the mighty name of Jesus, amen. 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 Um, also, did, I did want to remember before we shoot our kids out of here, um, are you raising your hand at me, Lydia? Okay, good. Sorry, sorry. Not good, like, oh, good, she wants to talk. Not that. No, uh, I thought you were trying to get my attention. Um, we have the new um, kind of mashup that we're doing uh, during worship, uh, where our kiddos. Uh, you know, we here at Core, um, man, we're all about the freedom and breaking away from religion and what it has done to us for 25 years. And so, these last five years have been an amazing journey. And part of that is the the uh, the freedom of our kids. I mean, y'all, y'all. If you're homegrown, then you 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 know that you know when a kid starts screaming or a baby's crying or whatever. Um, that's like don't you don't have to get up and run out of here because they're gonna they might kick you out that will never happen in this house and if it does I will kick that person out myself who did that uh, we have a back door here just for that purpose so I can pull them out here and, and handle that I am a good old uh, farm ranch country boy and I know how to handle those kind of things um, but uh, see like that that's cool i roll with it see he's in me you know what I mean and uh, But in all of that journey, we have brought our kids along, and our kids are experiencing such a freedom in worship. It's a beautiful, amazing thing. Uh, you know, they they get out here, they flag, they dance, and, and you know, we don't care if you want to just sit in a chair and soak it up, or if you want to—we uh, have people that come and sit up here against the wall, and they paint. Some of them watercolor. Some of them will stand in front of the speaker and scream their guts out, and some will stand back there and just scream their guts we Whatever. We're, we're good. Just— the rule is, we do have one rule. You know, David worshiped so hard that his clothes came off. We're not going to let you do that in here. So worship like David, but don't leave your clothes on. Um, but in doing that, um, we have also seen the need um, where uh, the kids, some of the kids could use and some of the parents could use a little more focused worship for the kids. So what we've done is now on Sunday morning during worship, uh, up to your seven-year-old's, they can go back to the living room back there, and uh, there's a schedule for volunteers and everything, and, man, they can have their own worship back there, uh, which is pretty amazing and cool. Um, you know, you may come in one Sunday as a parent, and you just may say, man, I'm not watching you today. I'm going to kick you back there. That's what's going to happen. I mean, come on, can we be real, right? Like my buddy, my, one of my good friends, Trouble Carter, tells me, he says, real talk, real talk. <laughs> Uh, and so we have that available if, if you need to uh, uh, go that route. It's always available on Sunday mornings. Um, but cool. So with that, are kiddos, are y'all ready to go? Young folk? Yeah, John is. Okay, cool. Well, uh, y'all go ahead and, and let's, uh, let's go ahead and head that way. Lydia, are you ready? And you're, all right, man. Y'all have at it, kiddos. And um, man, they all had a blast camping, didn't they? My goodness, man they own that street. That road that we had between all our campsites, man, they own that thing all the way from scooters and bikes to whatever. We had several uh, slips and falls and scraped knees and all that. I think Marco holds the record. Marco, are you the man? Yeah. Shoulder, arm, side. I think you hurt your butt maybe. Man, y'all were awesome. We 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 had we had a lot of fun. I want to I want to uh tell you this morning that I am uh I was so excited when Raquel and I were there and we're talking throughout the whole um weekend just about what we're seeing and what's happening and just how, you know, our biggest our biggest thing here at Core is that we're family uh because that's what he instituted was family. Even um Everything that Jesus came to proclaim and uh, profess was through family, um, and it's a beautiful thing. So that's, that's kind of our, our heart, and um, it was beautiful to see everybody come together and, and just flow and work. Uh, man, that whole religious side of things that we were in for so long, it creates, you know, clicks and more clicks and all you know we we're just not going to have any of that anymore we amen nobody likes being in that and i love it that everyone was just moving and flowing with each other so i wanted to uh, even though i said this there at the camp out i wanted to thank you all for being who god made you to be um it's a it's just a beautiful thing um but uh this morning um um,, I'm gonna next next Sunday, I'm going to start uh, uh, it'll, it'll be a, I don't know, two or three Sunday series. Um, and it's it is something uh, that is probably the, the closest thing to my heart uh, for Raquel and I. Um, and, and And although our church, although Corps is all about family, uh, the biggest aspect of family is the freedom to be you, who God made you to be. And um, I, I know if you're homegrown, you 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 know much of this. Uh, but our our journey started uh, six or seven, five six seven years ago into a what we call a kingdom way of thinking rather than a church way of thinking, um, and the biggest aspect of that that broke loose was, for me personally, my own personal freedom uh, from things that I never knew were holding me back. And um, and so freedom uh, and true freedom, what, what freedom really, really, truly is and what it really looks like is what I'm going to begin to teach on um, next Sunday. And uh, I am highly excited. It's weird because... That was, I don't know, five or six years ago. I think actually only the Sanchez family and Marilyn. Uh, I think uh, maybe Kevin and Carrie, y'all were here, yeah. Um, I think those are the only folks that had heard the first time that I shared that, which I haven't really shared it since then either, except at some other places where we were asked uh, to come and share. And um, so I, I wanted to come this morning. I know we have a lot of folks out and so I, I wanted to just lay some groundwork uh, for a few things and, and ask you all uh, to truly be in prayer for us for the next few weeks for the speci- like be specific, if you could, in the prayer, if you could specifically pray for me to be able to convey what I need to, and for us as a family to be able to hear and move as we need to. Is that okay? Is that yeah? It's because I know what I'm. I know what Raquel and I have. What the Lord has brought us through, and I know what I'm seeing and hearing in my head and in the Scripture. And I I want nothing more than to be able to convey this uh, better than I possibly could imagine, because uh, I believe it's that important uh, for you and I to understand our freedom. Um, and the chains that were already broken. Does that make sense? So that's that's what my that's what my family's going to do for me, right? Amen. Amen. Um, turn with me, if you would, to the Book of John, chapter three. I'm gonna I'm gonna only jump around a few places today, uh, and and actually um, not go too deep into it uh, unless something happens. We'll see. You never know. John chapter three. When you get there, let me know you're there. Give me an amen. I know they're going to put it on the screen. I'm gonna I'm gonna read from a, a couple of I, I, you know my main study is a New American Standard, but I, I love to pull from the Passion, um, uh, and also the New King James. Um, everybody there, John three. All right. Hey Marco, I just realized uh, that. I, I left out one other passage in there, uh, so I don't know if you, if she showed you how to add them yet. But uh, John chapter eight in a minute you'll need that. But uh, if not, no worries. We all got phones, right? <laughs> um, so here in John chapter, oh, I'm sorry. Welcome to our visitors. Uh, sorry. I, I just get running, you know, to get done leading worship and I feel like I've been in a fight and I'm wet and I'm trying to get a drink and I just blew right past it. So forgive me. It's really good to have you all. Um, so John chapter three, um, I want to lay a groundwork uh, for freedom and, and understanding and, and just the reality of, of God as God and you as sons and daughters. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. It's all good. Uh, (laughs) How many of you know a little bit of story about Abraham? Yeah, everybody pretty much heard about Abraham, right? Did you know know that Abraham was actually what we today would consider a heathen, a pagan? Did you all know that? He was actually a Chaldean. I think for so many years and, and in so many areas of quote unquote church, everybody, I know I did for a long time, I thought, you know, Abraham was just poof, that's just where the story, story started, and poof, he was, uh, yeah, he was God's, God's man, man of faith, that the whole nations of the world, as many as the stars, right, were going to come out of this guy. But did you know that he was actually a pagan? Did you know that actually when God was speaking to him that he was a pagan? And nobody answers. Okay, so um, that type of scenario is actually throughout a lot of our our Scripture and our understanding of Scripture. And what's kind of interesting is that uh, I know for myself, Part of my, I'm going to call it my bondage, right? My change that I had in, the, in this religious lifestyle was um, thinking along the lines that Abraham uh, was God's man. When reality is God didn't have just one man. He had men. He had women. He had mankind, right? And this, this time of, of life and history when Abraham comes up, Uh, A lot of people read that passage. I know I did for years. They read that story, and all of a sudden we think that God actually told Abraham to take his own son and sacrifice him. When the last half of that is actually not in the Scripture, he just told him to take his son with him. The actual practice of the Chaldeans at that time was uh, their idea of worshiping God, their, their idea of God, was actually to sacrifice their firstborn child. And so this was simply Abraham's way. But do you realize that it wasn't God's way? God was never in any of that child sacrifice. Or how about if we move on up through Old Testament, how about all the, uh, the extra wives I don't think that God actually said, Hey, Solomon, it's okay. You can have over 700 concubines. Stamp of approval. Uh-uh-uh, not today. I mean, that's not, that's not God. That was man's way of doing some things. Uh, slavery is a big one that gets talked about, right? Uh, because in the, in the writings of the Scripture there was some, in, uh, some inspiration from God to the writer of how to treat slaves. Not because it was okay to do so, but because God knew what was going on at the time. Does that make sense? And anyway, there's all this that's going on in history. And I think uh, not to be a negative, uh, as my grandma would say, a negative nilly, um, but I think we've had a lot of it wrong. Not all of it. We've had a lot of it wrong. Um, and we, If we go out throughout history on and on and on, I've talked about Reformation a whole lot because that's a big part of our heart. You know, um, people thinking that women couldn't vote because you're not smart enough. That's what they used to say. Now, how stupid is that? So if anybody pulls this off of YouTube, make sure you get the whole quote. Because I'm not saying that. That's what people used to think. And that's why women couldn't vote. You know, it, I mean, we're, we're coming up on the 100-year anniversary of that. And on and on and on. Um, these types of situations and things, these were never the heart or the intent of the God that you and I know and serve. Do you agree with that? He's not like that. Amen? Um, and so... We back, back up again. I know we're, we're going to John, but I just have to lay a few things out. And so we back up to Genesis again, and we have Adam and Eve. And he did this awesome thing of creating mankind, right, with his design and his, and his detail and his, his heart. I believe that God sat down and wrote out every single person's DNA, their, their strengths, their weaknesses, their, every bit. Of, he wrote all that out. Before he ever created the universe, that's, that's what the scripture tells us is that you and I were created before the foundations of the world, right? And so then it happens, and then it happens, right? All the, the chaos and the turmoil, and they eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and that shifts everything. Everybody with me so far? And so that shift, it, it affected something. But another one of the things that we've, I, I believe, at least I'm speaking for myself and for my church history of these past, you know, 30 something years uh, of our time in church and what I've heard and seen, there was a big misunderstanding that, that when that happened, that, that that changed God's view of us as humans and that it also changed That it ruined our salvation, right? And so then all the years go by, and there's there's the plan of God for salvation, uh, which is a whole other thing. But we get to this point in John chapter three where He explains, Jesus explains about Him coming. It was finally time. uh, I, I think it was just that mankind finally got to the spot where they could understand. And they were ready. Um, And so here in in verse 16, probably the most famous verse, right? Everybody here probably can quote it. Uh, In the old days, we would say, if you can't, you're a sinner. No, see, we don't do that anymore. (laughs) Just kidding. He says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And verse 17 Pay close attention here and read along if you would. It says, um, For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Um, and so let me read you some notes that um, Brian Simmons, um, in all of his studies uh, about the, the language, what he, what he wrote. First of all, let me read verse 16 and 17. Out of the passion, it says, For this is how much God loved the world, that he gave his one and only unique son as a gift. So now everyone who believes in him will never perish, but experience everlasting life. In verse 17, he says, God did not send his son into the world to judge and condemn the world, but to be its savior and rescue it. Amen? Amen. So let me read you this, uh, this note, which is so cool. Um, in the original, so Jesus in his time, he would have been speaking Aramaic, right? And so we have to go back and look at the Aramaic as well uh, with the words that were said. And that phrase right there in verse 17. Um, uh, for this is how much God loved the world. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. God did not send his son into the world to judge And condemn the world, but to be its savior and rescue it. That whole phrase is summed up in saying, uh, so that they shall live by his hand. And it's actually, there's a connotation in there, live by his hand of power. So when, when, when Jesus actually was saying these words, this, hey man, God didn't send his son to condemn everybody and to judge it he sent him to rescue it he sent he sent his son into the world to rescue them but also to rescue them by power that's pretty that's pretty cool i like power anybody like power yeah i like air condition air condition needs power yes and amen yeah um, yeah anyway I was, i'll i'll not go there sorry so the point that i wanted to to make with everything that leads up to this verse is that there it says right here out of his own mouth, Jesus stated very clearly, he didn't come to condemn the world, he didn't come to condemn anyone, he actually didn't even come to judge anybody. But yet, how many of us have been in that state where we've judged? Right? And how many of us, for so long, were part of a church system? That judged, right? Um, I had a friend of mine ask me, um, he's been in church for a long time, and uh, I've known him for probably six, seven years now, and he says, hey, um, let me ask you a question, because I think you're old school like me, that's how he said it. He said, if a homosexual came in your church, would you let him in? And first I was shocked by the question, but I said, Absolutely. And he goes, You would? He kind of leaned back, you would? And I said, Yeah. I'd give them the biggest hug I could. I'd welcome them on the front row if they want to sit there or sit in the back. And he goes, I'm shocked. And that is a problem that the whole church has had, is we, we use that, I'm gonna say them, I don't use that line anymore, I don't go that road anymore. They used to use that line all the time. Uh, We love the sinner, but we hate the sin. Remember that one? Yeah. Yeah. So am I saying that we approve of those types of things? No. Um, Because if we went down that whole list, how many of us would actually be able to be in church today? Anybody divorced? Anybody have sex before marriage? Anybody ever been drunk? Like, we can go down the list, right? Everybody's smirking because everybody knows, right? How many of y'all used to go to the club? You know why you went there? Because it was dark, <laughs> right? We used to do trail rides all the time uh, growing up, and uh, it was so funny seeing all them drunk fools. They wouldn't do it until the lights went out. We'd, go, we'd always end up at a campground that had some kind of little saloon, bar. It was nasty always, nasty, nasty, nasty. Worst thing I've ever seen is everybody passing pass a bottle of Jack Daniels around. You ever seen 100 people drink off of one bottle? It's the most disgusting thing ever. And then they're, they're staggering. But, you know, they wouldn't do that until they got dark and went into the little saloon thing, right? <laughs> and then, oh, my God, all the other horrible things that I saw as a 12-year-old. Yeah, right? Do one of those. Nasty. We've all been there. We've all had something. We, we sang this morning that in this house, there's, sh- uh, what is it? Uh, I, I can't say it unless I sing it. Um, oh my goodness, I can't, I can't remember the words now. Come on, man. It's like my favorite song. Yeah, there you go. That one. Oh my goodness, it's gone. Carrie, did you take my song? Yeah, there we go. I got it. Some favorite song, huh? Uh, Lay your burdens down here in the Father's house. Check your shame at the door because that ain't welcome anymore. I have have an uncle who is, uh, you know, my family growing up farming, uh, that's where I first learned all the cuss words, all the vulgar jokes, Spanish and English and Italian, yes, I'm multilingual in cuss words, yeah, half the family was my, my, my great grandparents, they actually came over when they were little kids on a banana boat, right, you know, immigrants, so 100% Italian, and they only spoke Italian when they got here, and then they learned English, of course, on the farm, we had, at the time when I was a kid, farm had already been going, you know, 20, 30 years. We had 12 guys uh, that were from Mexico. You know, they were like family, but uh, they didn't speak a lot of English. So my grandfather, my grandfather, not my great-grandfather, my grandfather, uh, he, he, uh, he, had to learn, he had to speak Spanish. Of course, he spoke English. We all had to learn a little Italian because our grandmother would get mad, and, and grandfather, too, would get mad, and they'd just cuss you out in, in Italian. And if you didn't do what they said in Italian, you would get hit with something usually a towel that they could reach you with. Wow. And so, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was very interesting. But um, I, went, I lost my spot. I rabbit trailed. Sorry. I was talking about the shame at the door. Oh, yeah. The, the part about shame... I remember the first time I cussed in front of my grandmother. The last time I cussed in front of my grandmother, even though she said all the same words because she hit me so hard and knocked me off of the chair. And, you know, I remember having that, uh, like I knew that was wrong, but everybody was doing it. So what's, what's the deal with that? And it was just weird having that kind of understanding. And that's the way it felt in church for a lot of times. When you'd walk in and there would be these conversations about these certain people or that certain people or that group over there, you know. And the point is, we used to throw those stones and Jesus never picked one up. Does that make sense? How many of us, don't raise your hand, but how many of us in our lifetime we've thrown stones? We've thrown them. Like we carry a bag around sometimes like we're going to fight Goliath. Right? David picked up five rocks, one for him and one for his four brothers, right? And, 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 and here we are carrying the, the bag around, and Jesus had every opportunity multiple times to grab rocks, and he never picked them up. My, 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 my. He doesn't even have a slingshot. We got Three. So my point is, is that Jesus Himself came into the world to fulfill the purpose, the plan of the Father to bring you and I back into a right standing. It's and, and really, I don't even like saying it that saying it that way anymore because the standing is not that it's that it's right. It's that it's what was always meant to be. You and I, when we come to the revelation knowledge of Christ. We step into our true nature of who we were meant to be, of who He created us to be, the, the son or the daughter that He always designed. And you step right back in to His nature, and you step right back into the authority that was lost. When Jesus died on the cross, he didn't go down and, and have a fight with the devil. He went and um, snatched the keys. Which is authority. And what Adam and Eve had given up in their authority over the earth, Jesus bought back and gave to you and I. And that authority is not so that we can put others in bondage. And there's a whole other passage of that. Um, God did not send his son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him, rescued through power. That's the way it is. Um, turn with me to, um, I'm going to give you one quick verse to look at in John 8. Marco, I don't know if you can pull that up there. Uh, John chapter 8. Real, real familiar. Um. Uh, verse thirty one when you get there i 'm um, trying to set this platform down because next week we'll we 'll get into freedom and what it really is and um, the ways that you and I can end up being trapped in a bondage that we don 't really see and that 's the biggest that 's the biggest issue um, you know in all those years of uh, being in a religious mindset and still coming out of it even today. Uh, you know, I never intended to, to be ugly. I never intended to be judgmental. I never intended to be hurtful, right? Never intended for that. Thought I was doing the right thing. Well, so did Paul when they were stoning Stephen. Ooh, man, we just don't know. We just don't know. And so, what I'm looking forward to. The same thing that happened to me, and I, I will tell the testimony next Sunday of what happened, and the moment that I was free, and, the, and how it all happened, I'll tell that next Sunday, and dive into it, but my world was completely shaken and turned upside down in the best possible way that it ever could have been, because I simply didn't know. I didn't know, right? Right? Anybody ever paid to have your headlights cleaned? You know, after a few years, they get dingy and yellowy. I didn't pay for it either. I saw a dude on TikTok that said, go get some deep woods off, and it'll clean it right up. And that's what I did. All these years, I've been driving in my truck the last couple of years. My truck's seven years old. Man, I'm driving them at night. I'm like, man, I don't like driving at night. And I thought about changing the headlights out and putting some LEDs in. I thought about all this stuff. And then I saw this TikTok with this. Yes, I watch TikTok. Sorry, don't judge me. Anyway, uh, but this dude said, yeah, just get some deep woods off. So i Home Depot, 2 dollars for a can. I got home, started scrubbing on it, and I could see the difference night and day. I hear about it all the time. If Raquel or Kevin ride in my truck, dang, man, your truck is rough. Kevin will... Give me the what for about it. Well, to me, I don't notice it. You know why? Because I've been driving the truck for seven years. I don't notice how rough it is. But they step in out of their nice fancy trucks and cars, new cars. Oh, wait, no judgment. First thing kept... Man, you need to get some shocks, man. Man, you need to get some... pins. Whatever. He said it just like that. He did. My point is, you don't know what you don't know. So do we walk around with our our guard super up? Or are we walking around like Jesus helped me see Holy Spirit? You know, you know, the responsibility of the Holy Spirit is to reveal to you and I the Father's heart. You know that, right? Jesus said that In John 14 and in 16, that his responsibility is to reveal the Father's heart to you and I. That's his responsibility. That's, lack of a better word, that's his job. That's what he is always trying to do. He never sleeps. He never stops. He's always speaking. He's always moving. And so I want to get to the place, Angela, where I'm walking around. Holy Spirit, man, what, what, what is this? What is that? I want to hear when, hey, man, that's really not the way I think about that. Hey, that's really not my heart for this. Or, hey, maybe you should do this because this is how I would do it. I want to hear him, see him, feel him, sense him, smell him. I want to know him that deep and that close that none of my past shame and judgments or thinking of in a wrong way would hinder what he wants to speak to me so that I can accomplish what I was designed to accomplish. Amen. And he says so right here in, in, in uh, verse 31 of chapter 8. You probably know this one by heart. Um, in, in verse 31, Jesus said to all the Jews uh, who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. Verse 32 and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Uh, In the Passion, Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, when you continue to embrace all that I teach, you prove that you are true followers. For if you embrace the truth, it will release true freedom into your lives. If you embrace the truth, do we need to give a demonstration of embracing? I thought she was going to say no. But When you embrace the truth, right? We're married in here. You love embracing. Right? Feels good. You grab a hold, right? Man, when you do that to truth, look what he says. If you embrace the truth, it will release true freedom into your lives. You know why? The definition of truth, you know what the real definition of truth is? When you look it up in the Greek and in the Aramaic, what he's saying is is when you embrace the uh, the final reality, right? When you embrace what is real, then that's when true freedom is released. True freedom is that I don't have to walk in any bondage because I'm A son of God. Amen. Does that make sense, that definition of truth? That's going to be really important for us to hang on to for the next two or three Sundays. Is truth is that which agrees with final reality. So it can be raining outside and you can go run in the rain and say, I'm not getting wet. No way. Rain ain't going to fall on me, watch. And you walk out in the rain and you get wet. That's not final reality. Final reality is, no, bonehead, you're going to get wet if you walk in the rain. That's the reality of it, right? Does that make sense? Well, I thought I'd get a little laugh or something out of that. That's okay. Not a fake one. Too late, too late. Not good enough. Too late. No. Now, lastly, uh, let's look at uh, John uh, Seventeen. That that definition. Uh, see, of of man, I'm 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 too excited, y'all. I just this stuff is just. I've been waiting, I've been waiting and waiting. This has been building for like four and a half years, and I'm 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 so excited that I'm finally at that place where I heard him say, "Okay, let's do this." See, that that definition, when you agree with final reality, it's not that you have to do 20 Hail Marys and and pray at the altar and sign the card and uh, you better baptize 80 people and then it... No, you just recognize what reality is. And the moment that you recognize reality, when you recognize what the reality is, freedom is released. That's what He says. When you embrace that, when you see it and you embrace it, then freedom comes. Why? Because God says, oh, you're better than this. And you say, I'm not, I'm not. But the minute that you see in your mind, the minute you understand, oh man, He does love me. Oh no, He does think this of me. Then it instantly releases inside of you the ability to step out of something and into that reality. Does that make sense? Yeah. Freedom is like a door. Truth is a door that you open and you, you, you can run right into it, but you got to recognize and open the door. That's that embracing the truth, and that's what we're going to jump into these next few weeks. This is one of the um, passages that truly kind of smacked me in the face a bunch. Um, yeah, I know. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. It's Okay. Uh, John 17 verse one, um, Jesus is talking here and it's, it's just a continuation of his several long passages and prayers that he's spitting out and it's beautiful, amazing stuff. He says, father, uh, the hour has come glorify your son, uh, so that the son may glorify you even as you gave him authority over all flesh that to all whom you have given him, he may give eternal life. Verse three, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So I've always read that that eternal life is to know him. That's what eternal life is. So in the Passion, he says, Father, the time has come. Unveil the glorious splendor of your son so that I will magnify your glory. You have already given me authority over all people so that I may give the gift of eternal life to all those that you have given to me. And verse three, eternal life means to know and experience you as the only true God and to know and experience Jesus Christ as the son whom you have sent. I mean, he's the God of truth. Amen. He's the God of reality. And eternal life is walking in that aspect of the father and knowing him and then stepping into the freedom that he continually releases over your life. You know, that's something else, too, is that we'll never run out of uh, things to be free from. And it's not so much that you're not free from this. It's that there's different levels of your understanding of that thing, right? But, you know, my biggest issue was rejection. That was my big issue. All my life, I, I, I've excelled at everything I've done. And, and really, that was from a place, a driving place of trying to do the best so I could get accolades. I needed to get my dad's approval, my grandfather's approval, my my mom and all my family, I never had that really. Just a few here and there. And so I was this driven person to do the best and to be the best. And, you know, uh, on one side, it works. It works. Man, at a lot of things, not being arrogant at all. But there's so many things that in our industry, with our business, we're the best. That's because we strove to be the best and move and go, go, go and Whatever else. But you see, the day that the reality smacked me in the face is when Holy Spirit says to me, you don't have to do nothing, man. I love you just like you are. And I'll I'll tell the whole thing in detail next week. And at that moment, I knew that I wasn't rejected. I knew that I was loved. I knew I was loved before. I knew it. I knew he loved me. But this time, it's one of those rough and tough, you know, like, like a cowboy love, right? Like grabbing the back of the neck. And, Boy, I love you, man. It gave me a little shook, right? You know what I'm talking about? There's a different love right there, man. And that changed my reality. My eyes were opened. And now, am I completely 1,000% free from the um, the thoughts and the the um, what will I call them um, the side effects of rejection. So in the spiritual, I am a thousand percent free, but in the natural life right here that I live, my capacity hasn't caught up to the thousand percent yet. And so as I'm walking and I'm stepping. I'm learning as I embrace the truth, as I embrace his truth, and as I know him and live with him, we get to these points where he says, hey, son, you're thinking that thing again. And I'm like, no, I'm not. No way. No, I didn't do that. Yeah, you did. Let me show you. But see, he can't do that if the whole time I'm sitting here and walking like this. If I'm just doing this and I'm just, I'm just moving and going and not embracing and walking where he can have that moment with me, where he can say, hey, son, I used to think that God would get mad and smack you. Oh, I really did used to think that, that if I was, you know, not listening, not paying attention, he would smack the tire on the car and you pop a tire or all of a sudden you get some bad thing happen. They used to tell us that all the time. That's God trying to get your attention, man. Uh, sorry, don't think so. Don't believe that anymore. Um, and there's no scripture to say that, actually. <laughs> so let me leave you with this one last time. Um, as we push forward to get to know him, and the reality is there's also a passage in John that says, "When the more you know him, the more you know you. Right? And so we're pushing into this reality of learning more about him, which in turn means that we learn more about us so that together we can change the world and bring the kingdom of the Father to every area around us. He says, Father, the time has come. Unveil the glorious splendor of your Son, So that I will magnify your glory. You have already given me authority over all people so that I may give the gift of eternal life to all those that you have given to me. And eternal life means to know and experience you as the only true God and to know and experience Jesus as the son whom you have sent. That is beautiful, amen. So, uh, I hope that this makes sense. Uh, I hope that this um, gives you gives us all some food for thought in some direction for this week coming up. Um, you know, I know for us home homegrown folks, I know half the people are out today. Um, it seems like more than half. Uh, you know, I, I we don't really have people that walk around in here thinking, I know it all. Hey man, I'm I'm it. We don't really have that. Um so I don't I don't believe that here in this house that we're walking around with an arrogance on purpose but let's all sit back and open our eyes to the thing we might not see so that we can step into what is actually ours, and that's freedom. Does that make sense? So stand with me, if you would. Um, Oh, my goodness, it's only 11.59. Wait, let's go back. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. No way. We're getting out of here. It's all good. Um, we don't have it all figured out, and if you're homegrown, you know that. <laughs> um, we're simply trying to step into all that, that God created us to be as individuals. And then as an individual family, and then as a corporate family, and then what does that look like for our community? Because we are meant to infect this city with the kingdom of our God. And so we can never uh, fully accomplish that unless we step into freedom. And so... We're going to begin that, and I, I really I don't know how else to word it um, other than to, to let me go, to New King James, to beseech you, therefore, my brethren, <laughs> by the mercies of God if you would, please, please bombard heaven this week for what I have to convey for what she has to impart. And, but also that all of us together, because this is not about about me, and y'all know that we're not we're not the pastors that do that, right? But the biggest part is that we would all step into an understanding of where else we can step in our freedom, amen. Because we're going to change the world, and I'm ready to do it sooner rather than later, man. You people are crazy. I mean, listen, our, our social media family that, that, uh, that helps us out, um, Josiah Rendon and Cindy Rendon, which, by the way, be praying for Cindy and her mom. Her mom has been in the hospital for two weeks, I think. Uh, her mom died on the table the other day. And they brought her back. And I, I don't remember how long it was. But apparently there is some phenomenal uh, testimony. You know, Cindy and Josiah, they're, they're kingdom folks like us. Um, her mom is what she, uh, Cindy says, you know, her mom is a pretty staunch Catholic. And so she hasn't really had that kingdom view per se. Um, but her mom is talking about what she experienced when she died. And she had an encounter with Jesus. <laughs> And it was really, it's really cool, the little bitty piece that I did get to hear, so I'm excited, but be praying for that, because there's still some, some, some ups and downs there, and uh, she said that she actually, the part that I caught was that she actually told the Lord, it's not my time yet, I'm supposed to go back, <laughs> and so it's, it's not my time yet, and <laughs> turned around and came back. <laughs> um, and anyway, there's there's a whole lot more to it, but uh, this couple has done a really amazing job with our social media, and the planning and all. But what's so crazy is that the they they have the strategy and the knowledge and the talent to make it look good and sound good, but all the content is coming from you. It's coming from core, and, and they'll take uh, snippets from our like here how we're recording today for YouTube. Um, And it is crazy. Jim, uh, he still holds a record. Uh, Sorry, Zoe. Uh, There's an Instagram post that, uh, and we also learned there's a term, mini-viral, which everybody knows what going viral is, I'm pretty sure. But uh, if they hit, I think it's 2,500 in an hour, 2,500 views in an hour, that's considered mini-viral. So we've had multiple of those happen. Um. Jim's is now up to like six thousand views, Zos is over four thousand. Raquel's got a couple over four thousand, and those are just those are just little snippets that they take from our times of sharing and stuff up here, and and uh, the uh, larger churches around. And that's not I don't like saying it that way as a competitive thing because it's not. They're trying to they're asking Josiah what, what's going on, how is that happening, what what are you doing different with them, and Josiah says. And the point is is that you guys are amazing. You're completely incredible and what we're stepping into is completely incredible. And we really are we really do have a message that the world wants. They're hungering for it. Our our podcast downloads in China are going through the roof. <laughs> I don't even understand that. My point is is there is so much more to you than where you are right now. And that's why we, it's time to take this step into freedom and do a deeper level of understanding and walking and embracing truth so that we can continue to take the deeper steps of changing this world. Amen? Does that make sense? Yeah. So Father, I just thank you so much for every person here, every person that's listening, if it's—I uh, know on Zoom we've got several today. We've got the—if the, you're on YouTube or you're listening to the podcast, man, we just—we want to thank God for all of you, for those of you here in the house. Thank God for our family that—that's out right now, doing ministry and other parts. Uh, Lord, we just thank you so much, but. Man, really, Father, we want to embrace more truth, which is embracing you, which is also embracing who we are. And so help us this week, help us even this morning to step out of here, hungering for more freedom, hungering for more development of understanding, hungry for more capacity that we can walk into so that we can walk out what you are doing and what you have already instilled in us in this place. Father, do it, Lord. Just do it. Just radically come and show us, lead us, so that we can step in to that capacity that you have for us. As sons and daughters, Father, I thank you so much for this amazing opportunity that we have. And it's all because of your love for us, Father. Man, God, we thank you. We give you honor. We give you glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. Man, he's awesome. Amen? Amen. Well, uh, Sarah's not here to remind us, but, uh, you know, if you do want to give, um, there's the online giving or there is a plate back there on the sound booth. Uh, you know, again, we mention this every week or try to, you know, we don't get salaries here. We're just invested in what CORE is and what CORE is doing. Uh, so the income takes care of the lights and the air conditioning and the rent, but, um, but, yeah, if you need help uh, finding the app or something, just let us know. We'll be glad to help you out. But uh, other than that, I, there's not another announcement, right, babe? You covered all that? Cool, we're good. All right, if you need prayer specifically for something, uh, please come right up here and see Raquel and I. We love you all. God bless.
0: Be safe.